Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. everyone and welcome. Today my guest is Tina Bangle all the way from Australia. How are you today, Tina? Hi, Carrie. I'm great. How are you? Good. So we met a few years ago and I've always just loved your energy and your kindness and everything that you do. And you're also in the arts like myself and you're a singer. So I want to start with, you know, when did you start singing as a kid and where did your love for it come from? Well, um, I started singing quite late compared to kids these days. Um, I I did my first singing lesson when I was 19 years old, but um, I was always singing as a child. It was just part of our culture. I'm of a Filipino background, so, you know, every party that you went to, there was always karaoke and everyone got their karaoke um, go-to song to sing. And <laughs> so it's always been there but um I took it more seriously when I turned 19 and I um I had a friend that I went to high school with and she I went to her place and she had these lyrics on her bed and I said wow what are these and she goes yeah I'm going to singing lessons do you want to come with me and and then from there it just um I I hadn't hadn't stopped learning about the voice and I was going to all different singing teachers and just um, putting myself out there and talent quests and yeah so that's where how it all kind of started. So when you got a little bit more serious with it like how did you know that you were like okay this is more than just a hobby or something I want to just do with family and friends I think I want to pursue it further do you remember that moment like what was kind of the shift in your mindset to say I want to take this more seriously? Um, I think the I was working um for a Jenny Craig, do you know Jenny? You, mm-hmm. you guys know Jenny Craig. Yes, yeah. yes. I was, because um, <laughs> I, I finished a degree in food and nutrition. And so I um, was a weight loss consultant for Jenny Craig. And I worked there for a couple of years. And at the same time, I was doing my talent quests because um, I was going to the singing lessons. And then my singing teacher would say, oh, you know, you should enter this talent quest. And then eventually I was um, starting to you know, gain more confidence and then I started winning and and then agents were in the crowd and they were offering me gigs and I was like, okay, well, this is pretty good pocket money. Um, and and then eventually I was like, I, I love my job at Jenny Cray, but it, I just knew I wanted to do more with singing and so I decided to go and enroll myself in at the Australian Institute of Music and from there, um, yeah, I ended up just studying music. It was, you know, similar to like fame, you know, the yeah. the show where you would go in there and you would study with the teachers and you're just surrounded by music and instruments and, um, you know, really inspiring lecturers. And, and then from there, uh, a few of the lecturers, um, you know, said, oh, there's a few, there's a opening for this audition. Would you like to go and audition for this? And, um, yeah, and then I just kind of put myself out there. I took every opportunity that I could to, you know, do the auditions and, and then it, one led, one thing led to another and more opportunities came and yeah, it was 
it's um it's been an evolution. That's, yeah, that's that's, that's what really it's been. impressive. <laughs> when oh, you were you. when you were at the school and you were going from something that was you know, a hobby to something that was fun to a little more serious. Did you feel intimidated to be around other people that were kind of at the same level or maybe better than you? Like, and if so, how did you kind of get over that to say, well, I still want to pursue this for myself, um, you know, despite maybe any issues you might be feeling in that way? Oh, yeah. Every every time there's always those issues where you feel insecure about yourself, about the level at what you're at. I, I was pretty lucky that um, I had a lot of performance um, uh, opportunities because I was doing I had done the talent quests. And mm-hmm. and then the, when I went to the Institute of Music, there were kids that had just hadn't performed on stage before. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, that was pretty good just having that background um, and I felt good about that. But then I was like, hmm, I don't play an instrument or I would compare myself to other people who would play instruments or had, um, you know, uh, done other gigs before. Um, so I kind of like just said, okay, i just stay in my own lane. I just have to just improve and maybe, you know, set a goal for myself um, uh, to perhaps do something that was uncomfortable, like coming out of my comfort zone. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it's, again, an evolution. You, ha- you have to make little goals for yourself and try to achieve those goals and then success leads to success. Um yeah, and change leads to change. So <laughs> it's um yeah, it's it was um a process, and you have to be patient. Mm. Um, yeah, and and I think if you start comparing yourself with other people, that's when you doubt yourself. You start doubting, and you start um, <clears throat> you know doubting your capabilities, uh, and you start making yourself feel small, but yeah, if there is something that you really want to achieve, like I normally just put it down in a journal or I or I have a vision board. So I'll cut pictures and words that help motivate myself to go for that dream. Like I remember um, over 10 years ago, I created a vision board and there was a picture of this girl who was a backing vocalist for Tina Turner. And um, she had quit her acting job and she said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be a backing vocalist. I want to be a uh, songwriter. And so I cut that picture out because one of my goals was to go and perform with a celebrity or be their backing vocalist. And then eventually um, opportunity an opportunity came where I was uh, able to do backing vocals for celebrities that would come to Sydney and do their concerts and then um so you know international stars would come here and then they would think oh they would say oh okay tina does backing vocals let's let's um work with her and then kind of word spread around and yeah i was lucky enough to start singing with some of the biggest names in the philippines like um a guy called Vice Gunda who is like a celebrity on TV and he's got like 13 million followers and, yeah, one of the biggest stars in the Philippines at the moment. So, yeah, it's been 
it's been wonderful. Mm, that's super awesome. And I actually didn't know all of that stuff. So I'm super excited to learn this oh. about you as well. So my question oh, is, thanks. it's cool because as I do these podcasts, it's just really cool to keep seeing this underlying theme of taking action. And my question I always ask people is, where do you think that comes from for you? Is that a genetic thing? Is that how you were raised? Is that something that you just found within yourself? Like, where do you think that that comes from? And for those that are struggling to find it, how can they find it? Okay. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> I think my parents, like, I migrated here from the Philippines uh -huh. when I was three. And I, my dad, like, my dad's an inspiration for me because he at a young age he was um his mum died at a very young age and his dad passed away as well as a, at a young age and my mum's um my mum's mum passed away when she was 16 years old and then they had the courage to go and move all the way to a different country to start a new life you know and so i feel like my dad's like a self-made man and he's done so well with his um with his life, his finances, and just um, the way he thought about things, you know, how to create business. Although he was, he was, they were both accountants. My dad is an accountant and um, he's retired now, but he was always, you know, trying to make a better life for us, either by selling, do you remember, um, world books? Mm -hmm. Do you remember world books? Yes, yes, <laughs> so, uh-huh. He would go door to door and and go and um, sell the books and and then event you know he was doing side businesses with friends where he would open up a Asian Filipino store um, here where we live locally and you know all those things kind of like as a child I was watching that but I didn't really I I didn't really appreciate it until I started doing my own business so. Yeah, it was just, um, I think it was a little bit of that from my parents and people that in the community, in the Filipino community, I would see them, you know, creating things. And then for me, I was, yeah, I think it was just like, oh, maybe I should try this and maybe I should try this. And I wasn't afraid to try. I was afraid mm -hmm. <laughs> at first, but, um, yeah, I just kind of, um thought okay this is what I love I just need to find something that you know I enjoy and um and then it kind of doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like work it's it's almost like a challenge I don't know mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way with your <laughs> yeah yeah I don't feel like I mean I wouldn't say like it's easy breezy and oh everything's wonderful no. and perfect all the time but I think no. it's like because you're excited about your mission and what you're doing that you enjoy the journey more you enjoy the challenges in the process versus going to a job where you're like oh I you know you feel like you can be doing more or you're not really using your skills like that's a completely different feeling Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having a, there's nothing wrong with having a full-time job and, you know, working for somebody. But for me, it wasn't really for me. I don't like the, I, I don't like the higher hierarchy and, mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, trying to prove yourself to, to get to the next level of in, in the company. Uh, for me, I just wanted to really enjoy, um, 
the process of the business and enjoy my own growth. And yeah, looking back now, I've been, I have my school, One Voice School of Singing. And just when I first started, I remember having just nine students. And then now I've kind of helped quite a few people. And and some of the, the things that have happened over the years has just been full circle. Like I remember at seven years old, I went to the Philippines and my auntie gave me a a present of of an album of this girl called Leia Salonga. So Leia Salonga, at the time, the al- she recorded it. She was only 10 years old and I would listen to that album every single day when I came back from the Philippines. And I, And then I think subconsciously there was a particular song called One Voice that she would sing. Mm-hmm. And I think subconsciously I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to, you know, be able to create performances and um, learn about the voice. And then, um, you know, only a couple of years ago, I was able to meet Leia Salonga and, uh, and my kids and I were the, her support act for when she uh, performed here in Sydney. And that was just like a full circle moment. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then last and then earlier this year, I think it was this year, yeah, February, my student, um, I sent Leia a text. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Leia is, she's like a Tony Award winning um, performer uh, on Broadway. And she was, she's the voice of Mulan. She's the singing voice of Princess Jasmine, mm-hmm. you know, the whole yes. new world song. Yes, of course. Yeah, and um, I text her and I knew that she was – um, going to be here for Sydney. I went to watch her concert uh, um, just earlier this year, and then I said, "She has this thing, this um, spot in her show where she calls up a stranger to come and sing a whole new world with her." Mm-hmm. And I messaged her and I said, "Do you think that you can um, maybe call up my student, <laughs> Jared, who's twelve? It's his birthday. Um, it would be an amazing birthday present for him to go and." Um, sing with you and I sent him I sent her a video of him singing the song and then that you know that same day she had seen the um, message half an hour before her show was going to start at the opera house and then she ended up calling him on stage and he ended up singing the song with her and then I was my heart was just like that is so cool Okay, let me just stop you for a second because, like, I love moments like this and this, like, serendipitous thing of, like, you're envisioning, I mean, like you said, it's coming full circle. Like, is there a moment when you're like, oh, my God, I'm texting my idol. Like, I'm texting her (laughs) and she's responding Uh, and she called my my student on stage. I mean, that's, like, I mean, that's just got to be the coolest feeling. It's the coolest feeling. I've got like goosebumps all over me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, and it's just like she's, she is amazing. Like she, growing up on Australian TV, I would not see anyone of my, you know, color of my background um, on TV. And, and the only person that I really looked up to growing up uh, was Leia Salonga. So it was just amazing. Even – you know, after when we had the support act for her, um, which was I think 
2014, we, we did her support act at the Sydney Town Hall. And I thought, wow, this is great. That I can die now. <laughs> and, and then I, I was packing up after the concert and I went to the bathroom. My husband and my son were like, oh, mum, that was so good. And, um, and then I bumped into a friend of mine and she's, we like, she's friends with Leia Salonga. And, and I said, oh, where are you going now? And she goes, I'm going to go meet Leia at the hotel and, and, you know, meet up with her and catch up. And then I'm like, can I come? <laughs> and I would never do that, you know. <laughs> Normally I would never yeah. do that, but I was so like. And then she goes, okay, let me text, let me text Leia. And um, so she ended up texting her and then, yeah, sure, she can come like this. And it was only me, my friend, and then another one of Leia's friends we all sat down after the concert at her, at the hotel, and she was like, oh, "I'm starving. I I just needed a burger." So we're all like sitting there, like as if, you know, just having normal conversation, <laughs> right, and it right. was just amazing. It was such an amazing experience, and I have to say that I don't think all this would happen without um, my husband and my son's support. I mean that they they came to the they came to the concert and then they said, Mum, you've got to go and meet Leia and go and go to the go back to the hotel and then we'll just stay in the car. So they stayed there for their for about two hours <laughs> in the car. My yeah. son fell asleep and they were just um, they were just so happy to just do that <laughs> because they know how much I love I love her. So <laughs> that I mean that's beautiful. And I, you know, so going back to the question I asked you before, so okay. as you know, people that are, are listening to this, and again, there's been this kind of common theme for people's experiences, for people that don't have supportive parents or people that, you know, don't have um, a supportive spouse or people who um, have been basically had, you know, fear instilled in them, like you're supposed to live mm -hmm. this way and do this and don't yeah. do that. How does somebody, in your opinion, get out of that so that they can experience the things that you're experiencing, which, yes, you know, specific to singing came from your natural talent, but just your ability to ask questions and to put yourself out there and try is what's really led you to all of these accomplishments. So what would be your suggestion yeah. for somebody who's like, well, how do I get to that? Their mindset's not even there. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I, when I first started, I was making up all these excuses and I was just like, oh, I'm too, I, I'm, I'm not white enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm too young. I'm too old. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm too young and too old. You know, those mm -hmm. excuses come up. Um, but I, I really believe that if you just keep taking every opportunity or creating an opportunity for yourself and you just surround yourself with um, people that are like-minded and people that um, will lift you, lift you up and bring you to a, a, the next level, the family around you and people around you will think, oh, wow, she's really passionate about this. And she, you know, and then eventually things just happen. It just all falls into place and, you just got to take one step. You just got to do the work. You just got to take one step at a time and and give yourself permission. Like no one's going to give you permission to do the things that you want to do. You have to give yourself the permission 
because you're going to it's it's important for you to think about being of service that yeah you might inspire someone else to do the same um yeah and show up mm-hmm. show up and do the work <laughs> yes and take action yes. take action you know don't be afraid to make that phone call to make and to enroll yourself in a dance class or enroll yourself to a vocal lesson um, or even like call a friend up to, oh, let's practice these moves or mm-hmm. or do a jam or, you know, apply for an audition. And, and most of the time I was always thinking, oh, um, I don't have enough experience or I'm not perfect I'm not perfect yet, um, but those are the, the things that will hold you back if you keep coming up with excuses. So um, one of the things that I do is um, I really try to. I've been doing this program called um, the 90 Day Year, and it's I don't know if you've heard of um, Todd Herman. Mm-mm, no. <clears throat> so he's. He's a coach to the. He's a, a mindset coach to um, diff, Olympians and and um, and business owners, entrepreneurs. But um, his idea is to do two week sprints. So you do your two week sprints. Think of a think of a project to do over the next two weeks, and you commit yourself to it. And I think that's something that I probably did, but. Um, it took me a while. I didn't like think about it in in two week blocks. But if you think about it, if you if you set yourself a project so that you have an ultimate goal, like for example, you might have the ultimate your ultimate goal of um, dancing for an event, a special event. Then you kind of had to break it up in two week sprints. So then you say, okay. What do I need to do to get to that event and nail the performance? So maybe I have to go and find a dance teacher or a singing coach. And then you'll then you theme your days. So you might have one day where you're um, focusing on movement on certain movements, maybe another day where you're focusing on your scales or your um, I don't know. What do you normally do for your mm-hmm. for dancing? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say this, and I like this method because I I think I do this, and I never thought of it that way. <laughs> like the way that I do, you know, we do so many events for my dance company, and um, you know, I, with my students, sometimes they're like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> as I put so much out to them, but we always get it done. And so it's like, okay, week one is this is our focus. Week two, this is our focus. Week three, we're practicing. Week four, we're getting this together. And now we're performing. And so yep. each thing, you know, it creates the focus and that creates momentum and exactly, you know, pro- you know progress basically. Exactly. Yeah. So little successes, mm-hmm. success builds on success. Yeah. Change builds on change. So if you, if you, yeah, if you, um, feel as though you're not up to scratch in terms of your your movements or your mm-hmm. voice, um, what do you need to do? You've got to do the foundation. You need to do the scales. You need to do the vocal warm-ups. You need to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I agreed with everything you said about your opinion and advice on, you know, how someone can 
get to uh, the mindset that you're at. And I think um, one of the things that you talked about is surrounding yourself with like-minded people and not, not necessarily mm. someone who, you know, has the exact same interests or thinks like you, but is, um, at least for me, it's usually someone who's just positive and excited about life. And, and I know that I was really missing that component in the entrepreneur world until I joined, you know, Lewis House and his group in 2014, which is where I met you. Mm. And it's been mm-hmm. awesome to, because you and I, you know, we're in a mastermind group and we worked a lot together. Um, and so it's cool. I think sometimes people think like, okay, I go to work, you know, if you have children, maybe you're friends with some of their parents, you have your childhood friends, and then they're kind of like, that's it. But you can meet yeah. people and connect with people now, you know, online, on social media. I had a woman I uh, interviewed yesterday who will be on the podcast that we met on Instagram and she's in California, um, and connected. And so I think some people get stuck of like, it has to be in this certain radius, but you can connect with people in all different ways for different things. It doesn't always have to be right next door. Exactly. And it broadens your mind as well. It Mm -hmm. kind of, they kind of give you inputs on, Oh, I never really thought about that or, Oh, wow. You know, they can kind of, it helps you to feel more inspired. It opens up your your yeah opens up your mind in so many different ways so yeah I agree and I think it's it's super important so transitioning a little bit so you were talking about so you own um a one voice school of singing and you've had it for a few years so talk about that transition from being a professional performer to okay I think I want to own a business and be an instructor now because for some people you know they've been performing their whole life and they go into teaching because they're like I guess that's what I have to do because maybe they're not as relevant anymore and some people have mm. always felt they've been a teacher at heart some people are ready for the next step you know what was that transition for you in deciding you were ready for this oh, um I was yeah I guess it was like looking to the future um I really kind of homed in on it more when I turned 30 and I was thinking, okay, I'm not going to be doing gigs all all my life. I like, um, you know, there is a certain expiry date mm-hmm. <laughs> where where you want to start having a family and start having kids, and you know, your focus isn't going to be towards um, per- performance and live performances. Um, so that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to kind of take this seriously. I'm going to start building the school, but at the same time, I really I, I kind of juggled the two. I, that's why I only teach from my home studio. Um, I don't have – I used to have like a couple of venues um, locally, but I find that um, it just gives me the opportunity – like it just – I just feel like I've got more chance of performing, keeping the performances up and and then teaching as well. So I've got the two – juggling the two Mm -hmm. um so that kind of helps me to not feel like I'm kind of that that teacher that doesn't have um that feels jaded (laughs) do you know what I mean right right um yeah because then but because I've still got those um performance opportunities so yeah I think um it's important to keep that creativity alive um and that's why I've always got my teaching but I've got other projects as well I think that keeps me motivated 
Did yeah. I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. And I think it's good to have a mix of things. So it's, um, I think it's, you know, in dance, it's the same thing. As an athlete, it's the same thing. You know, sometimes there is an expiration date for that particular thing. And so it's good to be thinking while you're doing it, like, okay, what's going to yeah. be the next step in the future? Because at some point, you know, I'm not going to be this young or this available or this look or whatever. And so you have to mm-hmm. have something else to kind of look forward to. So that totally makes sense. How would you describe your singing style and your teaching style? My singing style? Uh, <laughs> um, well, a lot of, I, I don't know, actually. Um, like, are you like an of, opera singer? Would you say no, you're a oh, pop singer? Oh, okay, I get you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not an opera singer. I'm more of a contemporary uh-huh. singer. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, yeah, a lot of people comment like my voice is a sweet voice. <laughs> right, right, right. But but I do a lot of like if I'm working, I'm doing a, a lot of covers. Um, I, I was in a corporate band before um, where we would do covers uh, and sing covers and then sing for high-profile weddings and also corporate gigs. Um, the guy that owned that was um, Sade's old guitarist. Mm. So he he was, um, yeah, he, he was somebody that I really looked up to because he opened my eyes up to, you know, you got to, you, you can't think of this as a hobby. You have to think of it as a business. And when I met him and his wife, I was just like, wow, um, yeah, this is really cool what they're they're trying to create and um, they were very professional um, yeah and it was just nice to be surrounded with somebody you know that had experiences with um, you know he was a, the guitarist for Bob Marley and um, Billy Ocean mm-hmm. you know Billy Ocean yeah. and and um, who else uh, he was the one that Play the guitar for that song, um, Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, do you know? <laughs> I do yeah. know that song. <laughs> so, so that's you a, know that's the, a pretty good uh, uh, list there of, of performers. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he's the one that did the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was really amazing just to do gigs with him and and learn about the industry, and yeah, take it take it really seriously. Um, so I can't remember what our question was, Carrie. So, yeah, so, so then how does that translate to like your teaching style? Like, would you say like, that I, you teach in a similar way and that you also try to train your kids in the idea of, you know, PRing themselves and, and yes. making themselves a business as well? Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's one of my, um, things that I try to like, every child is different. So I kind of apply, you know, um, teachings according to what level they're at so if uh, if there's a a child that I can see okay this this person is quite talented I'll I'll give them more information about you know this is how you can get gigs this is what you should do you um, network this is how you um, you develop relationships with people in the industry, uh, yeah, all those things. So I've got like different programs that I um, that I have where, like, if you're at that level where you're um, 
you're very good you're a very good singer already and you've you've done a couple of gigs well then there's a program where I teach them how to create their own first album um and do songwriting and then there's other kids that they might be really young and they just their parents see that they love music and I encourage them to do a program where um it's for preschoolers and it's just all about fun and and just discovering your voice. So it really depends on the individual. Mm. I like that because I don't, I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people are teaching that. I mean, I would even say in the arts in general, um, probably not till you maybe even get to college, which I think is Mm. interesting because I don't know in the singing world, but in the dance world, there are kids that are like extremely talented and peaking at like age six, seven, eight, nine. And so, which is insane. I don't even know how that's happening. And I don't know where they go when you're already the best at age eight. But, um, you know, they, you know, having these talks about what does it mean to get an agent and what does it mean to audition and how do you handle that mentally? I think that for those people that are ready, that's super important. Yeah, it's really, really important because it is um, a mindset, isn't it? Like you have to be prepared mentally to go Mm -hmm. into these auditions and be prepared to get knocked back and to get up again. So um, I think as teachers we need to teach our children how to be resilient and how to just keep going and keep moving. And I think that's one of the secrets. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's that's one of the things that kept me going is that I just put myself out there and, I, and I, I've been rejected so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, like, I, I auditioned for Miss Saigon have you watched Miss Saigon before? Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. They have it on Broadway here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Leia Salonga was the first Miss Saigon and they brought it to Australia um, sometime in the 90s, I can't remember. But they first brought it to Australia during that time and I auditioned for it. I made it to like some of the, the final parts of it and then I got nice. cut. Um. And that was devastating to me. I was like, oh, my God, there's some of my male friends um, that went through the audition got through and uh, a good friend of mine got through but then she didn't take the job. And I was like, they were giving us free singing lessons and free dance lessons to build us up to performance level of, you know, the calibre of um Broadway and (laughs) but I I wasn't a strong dancer I think that's what held me back but um yeah if I I reckon if I didn't if I did make that that uh um the Miss Saigon I don't think I would have started my school and I don't think I would have met Leia Salonga (laughs) yes isn't that crazy like I think um sometimes it's like when you don't get stuff that you have this like chip on your shoulder in a good way of like, well, I'll show them or I'm going to do better next time or like, and so it forces you to like move forward versus getting everything in the beginning. And again, like I said, being the best at age eight or 18 or whatever, because you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? Versus you have to struggle and keep putting yourself out there to move forward. Yes, exactly. And everyone seemed, I heard that everyone has peaks in their lives. So um, it could be at, when you're young or it, at least three peaks in their lives. So I think I, I think that was my peak. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my peak when we're like earlier this year and, and a few years ago where 
okay, yeah, it's full circle. Now what's my next thing that I'm yeah. going to go and do? That's, yeah. yeah. Which you so. do have a next thing you're doing. So let's talk about that because people can get involved even if they don't live in Australia, which is your oh, yeah. One Voice online singing course. And you said you also have a um, uh, kind of a little fun competition coming up as well. So can you talk more about that? Yeah. So um, the online course will be <clears throat> launching hopefully October. Um, I don't have the exact date, but I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, um, so the online course is, you know, it teaches, it gives you scales. I give you scales and to improve your vocal range, to improve your confidence. Um, and, you know, a lot of people find it difficult to know where to place their voice. So I, I teach them um, ways on how to find your voice and discover it, um, how to sing higher notes uh, and then and also you know give them confidence to maybe start performing um, but the the challenge that I have at the moment um, is a five-day singing challenge which is on Instagram or you can also join up on Facebook uh, but if you follow the link it's www.tinabangle.com forward slash one voice five days singing challenge so every day for five days you're gonna I'm gonna send you an email and there's different topics that you have to to um to look at and then you can create a video of yourself singing according to that topic so mm, not that's only pretty is that, cool. I like that idea yeah, that's neat so not only are people going to get to know you you're also going to be able to increase your fan base on Instagram, like more yeah, yeah, uh, people will start following you, but also it, they'll get to know you as, um, you know, what you want to try, what's your vision for singing. You'll also um, be able to put it down onto paper and put it out there into the universe and say, you know, this is what I want to do. This is my vision. Um, this is what I eventually want to do. So all the topics for the five days will help you kind of give get that clarity on what you want to achieve and hopefully inspire others to do the same with not only singing but with dancing or with other things that um, are expressive so yeah I like that that sounds awesome and we'll link that up as well so people can look it up um, so where can also people find you on Instagram or Facebook or website what's the best place for them to look you up yeah, so my website is tinabangle.com and bangle is not spelt like the bangle bangle <laughs> that you wear. <laughs> bangle is spelt B-A-N-G-E-L and um, all my handles are all Tina Bangle. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and, um, yeah, and then I also have a One Voice School of Singing page on Facebook. Great. And then yeah. the last question I ask all my guests as we kind of bring it full circle as well is what is one word or quote or mantra that you like to live by every day? Oh, okay. Uh, well, we spoke about this before. Um, surround yourself with people who will lift you up. I think that's the main thing. That's the main, main um, mantra that I have. And I only discovered that after school mm -hmm. <laughs> so it feels like you know there are other people outside of your school that you probably have not 
connected with before. But, you know, yeah, if you join that singing class or that dance class, you might find that that certain person that will give you that extra inspiration that you need to follow your dreams. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I agree. And I just, you know, we've spoken obviously many times before, but even just learning more about you in our talk now, I just love that you are constantly evolving as a person and as an artist. And it's neat to see that journey and to see that that passion and your ability to be open and resilient all at the same time from a young age and continue to do that. It's really, really beautiful, Tina. Oh, thank you, Carrie. And the same to you. Like, uh, I love um, chatting to you and and knowing, um, you know, what you're doing in your dance world too. It's, it's inspiring to see. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you back again soon. So thank you. I hope so too. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to message me over on Instagram at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you, 